the average life expectancy in the U.S. is a little bit more than 77 years old. So round up to 78. That means if you are 39 years old, you are middle-aged in the United States. Sadly. Sadly, yeah, we all think middle age is 50. Guess what? No one lives to 100, very rarely. We always say, I'll do it tomorrow and feel like complete failures when we don't succeed in maintaining the good habits we introduce into our lives. Now, why is that? Lindsay Kasuba, a certified health coach, joins the podcast to help provide us some answers. So, let's do it. Too many days in the darkness Without a glimpse of the light Running tired and broken and scared But I swear I'll never give up the fight I see you broken and beat Head pulled down over your eyes Every part of you wants to surrender Darling, you were meant to survive So I feel like for anything to like truly work, especially with like health, for example, people have to enjoy it. They have to have fun with doing it. They have to be happy doing it. And with health, that's so important because it's like people go into the health bandwagon, lifting, working out, and then they fall right back off of it. And do you have any tips or any like little secrets that you could share with how to make living a more healthier lifestyle, more fun and, and happier. Absolutely. My favorite tip, my favorite tip, which is really unconventional is every single, yeah. (laughs) Ditch every single rule that you've ever been taught about health because they don't work. They're not one size fits all. It's just not health is extremely unique to each person. And if you don't find, it's great to test everything and see what you like, see what works, see what doesn't. But when you're doing something because your friend did it or because you read it in a magazine or because it's like a blanket recommendation, it is likely to not work for you, at least long-term. Sure, everything can work for a month. You can go on the keto diet and do CrossFit and do a spinning class and then you'll burn out because it's just too much and it's not realistic for your life. So you ditch all the rules and really wind it back to figure out what actually feels good to you. And I mean, I spent two decades of my life doing the things I thought I was supposed to do to be healthy and they didn't really feel good to me. And then especially when I became a parent, they weren't realistic anymore. And so I had to really take it back and figure out not only what felt good to my body, but what felt good to my mind and what was realistic for my actual lifestyle and my schedule as a parent. (laughs) And so when you kind of start to do that, you can really start to rely on your intuition to guide you to what feels good. And when it no longer feels good and it sucks and it's no longer fun and you hate it, you don't have to do it anymore. You pivot and you can figure out what feels good, but really it's all about ditching the rules, create your own. And it's hard. That's it can be extremely hard to do because you're like, well, it works for this person. Like, why doesn't it work for me? It's because you're not that person. You don't have the same life. You don't have the same physique. You don't have the same makeup. And so it's really 
kind of finding what truly feels good to you and your body is where it all starts really that's what's more sustainable than following these like general broad recommendations which is what they are yeah and that's it's it's tough too when um you're pretty much starting based off of seeing a commercial or seeing somebody else do something and that's what makes you start it but then also remembering and reflecting okay i have to tailor this to me and mm-hmm. i um knew someone who was who was getting married right there they're like probably six months out from getting married so that's like all right it's time to really buckle down and and fit into those wedding clothes and look good for the wedding because those pictures are going to last forever and you know the very first thing (laughs) the person started doing was counting their macros and i was like you know i was like screaming inside because i was like you know you, you just learned about macros like yesterday Really, all you want to do, maybe probably like 10 to 12 pounds is probably what they're looking to do. And I was like, exercise and eating right, just a little bit, or eat really right. And then exercise, you don't maybe have to go full out if you're ex- if you're eating right. And then vice versa, if you're just exercising a crazy amount, because it's very difficult for you to ditch that, you know, wine and pizza on Fridays and ordering out, especially if you work a job and are a parent. You work a job from nine to five and you also are a parent. It's very difficult to find that time for the gym. So maybe the eating healthy portion maybe is more tailored to you. But, you know, I was like having a discussion on macros and I was like, that is what like professional athletes and like people who are doing this for a living. Like if you're trying to cut that 10, 12 pounds, I mean, just, you know, make a small, subtle change. And then six months, you'll see that change. But everybody wants that that satisfaction within like the next week. When if you, if you do take that six results. months, yeah, yeah, you, you'd be good. And um, the I, I went to this gym, um, or actually my, my current gym, actually, um, a phenomenal gym, one of my favorite gyms ever, because it's very like personable and and community oriented. And it opened up my mind too, because when I started working out there, when I moved down here to Miami, I was so built into habits, like doing the same exact type of exercises every time I went to the gym. But then I found that I would like kind of burn out after Mm -hmm. a a short amount of time. And I saw a sign in the gym. I forget what it exactly said, but it it basically said habits are the devil, you know? And to me, I was always based off of habits and I, I still pretty much am. But that quote kind of resonated to me to think of maybe what I'm doing over and over again is affecting my sustainability where maybe if I started just doing a different type of workout, like instead of um, just doing like bench press, maybe you do like um, a, a quick where you're doing maybe like 50 push-ups, then jumping jacks, then be- then smaller weights right. on the bench press, more reps, and then back to push-ups real quick, but just to change it up a little bit. And that, you know, that did start to work for me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I disagree. I think habits are where it's at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, and I'm but right in the middle there too. <laughs> with the idea that when they no longer feel good, you pivot. Yeah, when they no longer are working for you and you, for your body and for your mind and for your lifestyle, then you change it. We get so stuck in our routines that we forget to do a reality check of what feels good and what doesn't. And so often we, I mean, over time, even from like childhood, we've learned to mute our body's response and our body's intuition and that like gut instinct of like, mm-hmm. I know what is good for me and what I should be doing, what I shouldn't. And we let our minds take over. And when our minds take over our body's job, 
That's when we get into bad habits. That's when we gain a bunch of weight. That's when we stop working out. Make That's excuses. when we eat the junk food. That's when we make the excuses. It's our body's job to tell us what to eat, when to eat, and how much to eat. And we so often, we've all done it. You're standing in front of the pantry and you're like, I really want that cookie or that bag of chips and I'm just going to have it. And like, that's not your body speaking, that's your mind. And so when we get into these habits and these routines because of an external circumstance or an external influence, then it becomes really easy to fall into that and to not feel good. And then you get stuck in that. I feel like I'm failing. It's not working for me anymore. I'm gaining weight. Why am I not losing weight? I don't feel good. I'm getting sick more often. And you feel it's like a really failure. just, you feel like a failure and it's just a disconnect between your mind and your body. That's it. Mm. And so if you can reconnect it, like we all know what to do. We all know what to do. We all know that we need to eat better. We all need to know we need to move more. We all need know that we need to like have a clear mind space, but it's the how that we get stuck. And so when you can find what truly feels good to you and your body, the how becomes very clear. It, and, and the how is different for everyone. Of course, I have like a bunch of tips that I can give, but the how is really individual and unique to you, your lifestyle, what your goals are, how you feel in your body. Do you have health concerns or is it just physical? Is it really like, what are the motivations behind it? And I mean, I know for me, when I became a mom, my motivations was, I want to be a good example for my daughters. <laughs> I have, yeah, I have yeah, girls. Yeah. So I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror and feel actually feel confident, not fake a confidence because they can see right through it so that they know how to treat themselves when they get older. And so like that was really kind of my motivation. Yeah, you found your motivation. Changing that's my good. health. Yeah. yeah. And so now it's just, that's my mission in life is to teach parents how to take care of themselves so that they can teach their kids how to trust their body's instinct and their natural abilities because we all have it. And then it's also like reframing, like for your story at the gym, it's reframing how we think about movement. It doesn't have to mean we do a spin class or it doesn't have to mean we're like lifting really heavy weights. It can mean you go for a walk. It can mean you park far out at the grocery store and then you walk in. Like it can mean taking the stairs and sell out of elevators. It can mean walking around the block while you talk to a friend. Like it doesn't have to be stepping foot inside of a gym. And when I personally restructured that way of movement in my mind, my entire life changed. Yeah. It just, I was like, I have to go to the gym today. I have to do cardio. I have to do strength training. I have to lift heavy weights. And then when I had kids, I literally have not stepped foot in the gym. Yeah, in years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I work out straight out of bed. I roll out my yoga mat and I do like a yoga Pilates flow, Something, 20 yeah. minutes max. And that's what I do. And I'm in the better shape of my life than I was when I was lifting heavy weights and doing cardio and going to a gym. And so it's really about finding what works for you. Like that's the biggest thing. But I think habits are the best way when you find what works for you the best way to show up for yourself because then when the days that you don't feel motivated or the days that you're tired or it's just it's rainy and you're like I don't really feel like working out right now you're like well I know that this workout is going to give me energy to get through my day or I know that by having this specific meal salad with chicken on it or whatever the meal is for you is going to give me the strength to get through my day and then you can rely on the habits that make you feel good to feel good. And it creates the how. Well, I like your your term reframing there, because 
I've just noticed this in the last couple of months too, where I think this could relate to a lot of people where people tend to think or use the term for everything. It's a famous excuse, right? I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. It's a famous number, excuse number for one anything. Excuse. Yeah, when in reality, what people truly mean behind that, if you were to go into the you know deeper layers is, I don't have the energy because it's really, everyone has time. You could substitute 15 minutes for mm -hmm. anything. People can get up at four in the morning to go on a vacation and hit a flight, but not to work out, not to get ahead at work not to clean the house. Well, then why is that? Because you are capable then. That means you are capable. So you just don't have the energy. And everyone just say in a perfect world starts with like a hundred stock of energy, right? Which most of the time people getting four or five, six hours of sleep are not even, they're starting the day with like maybe 60 stock and then they'll dump caffeine in themselves to then reach reach that hundred, you know? But say mm -hmm. we start with a with hundred stock. Well, I mean, if you work full time, you could take 60 right off the table of that day, yeah, 60 stock absolutely. going to work easy. And that, you know, obviously right from here, we're going to start to have to, everyone in their own mind has to tailor this to what fits for them. Because if you work construction, it's going to be a little bit more on your body than it is on your mind. If you work, you know, a white collar job that 60% is going to be completely wiping out your mental Right. Um, which also will then feed into your physical body and your, your mind will be like, ah, you know, I, I don't have the energy for it. So, and then if you have kids like, like you, I mean, that's you start your day at 50. <laughs> yeah. 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 You're, you're, um, I mean, you're, you're dwindling down to maybe like five, six stock left for the day for, for you to put where you right. want to. And, you know, when you start thinking of things like that, you know, at the end of the day, you might think to yourself, instead of I don't have time, well, how much stock do I have? How much energy do I truly have? And now we're even thinking, okay, let me save some of this for tomorrow. Maybe I go to bed early and start the day with 120 stock of energy rather right. than, you know, going going to bed late and then waking up early with caffeine, trying to go from 60 to just, Well, that's the know. thing. It all compounds and it's all connected. So when you go to bed late and then I, with a lot of my clients, we work on work-life balance and huge thing right now. It's a huge thing. And it, I mean, it's, it's always been a huge thing, but really post COVID people started realizing like yeah. my work-life balance is way out of whack. And so people are more aware of it now. And so a lot of my clients, that's what we work on, but even making really small changes go to bed an hour early, not being on your phone immediately before you close your eyes, drinking more water. Like there's, there's all these little things that you can do that are quite simple. And I mean, really, I had a client that was drinking very little water and we started talking about, it. I was like, just drink one more glass a day. And she started drinking one more glass a day. And the next time we talked, she was like, I have so, I was like, wow, you're, you're, I can feel your energy through our call. Like what, what have you been doing? She was like, I just started drinking more water. She was like, I yeah. had no idea how dehydrated I was. And it can be something so simple that you just don't realize. And that's like the best part about working with a third party, whether it's a coach or a therapist or a friend for accountability is someone to give you a new perspective and to see that maybe there's something that you're doing or you're not doing that is affecting the rest of your day. And we don't often think of it from a bird's eye view. We think of it very like it's, it, we're too close to it. And so yeah. like, that's kind of the best part about working with someone else or talking to somebody else about it is they see it and they can bring it to your, to your attention and it's just, 
it can be really difficult when you're so in it and you're so focused on your lack of energy because look, I get it. I have two kids. I'm about to have another one. Like my energy is not high, but I rely on my routines and my habits to give me more energy. And so I do the things that I know are going to give me energy and that make me feel good so that I can keep going so that I can keep my lifestyle going so that I can keep up with my kids so I can keep up with my business so I can do podcasts so I can do all the things that I want to do. And it is the routines that I've built into my life that allow me to do that because what you, what you focus on grows, what you prioritize grows. And when you prioritize your lack of energy, and that's what you're thinking about all the time, that's going to grow. You're going to get home and you're going to feel done. And if you just get up and go for a walk, it is never a bad idea. No, (laughs) It will always give you energy. And so it's these little things that you can really start to do. And another way of putting it is when you're not feeling well and you eat things or do things that don't make you feel well, how do you expect to feel better? Yeah. Like so often we get home from a stressful day and we're like, I just want a bowl of pasta, a glass of wine and a cookie that is going to make you feel more tired than you Mm -hmm. already are versus a grilled chicken breast with a side of broccoli and some brown rice and a glass of water. That's going to give you more energy. And so we get stuck in this, like, I don't feel good. I'm tired. I just want to relax. So like, let's have this big carb heavy sugary meal which is just going to put your body into a coma. <laughs> it is, it is. And there, there is a stigma behind something that draw, that increases energy that I want to put this stigma in a guillotine for a second real quick because it deserves it and everyone looks down on it. And um, it, it, it's, it increases your health greatly when um, sleep, sleep, more sleep and taking naps during the day. Yes, uh. will increase energy and I, I, it like aggravates me so much when I see on TV, like, um, somebody like Elon Musk go out and say, I get three hours of sleep a night. It's like, you don't, you, A, you are lying. B, you, you might get three hours of sleep during while in crunch mode on when you're finalizing a project. Yes. Yes. But your body will then do what's necessary to recoup what you've given Mm -hmm. already. And lions and lionesses sleep or rest for up to 20 hours Every single day, every single day, they are up walking around. That means four hours. And yeah, that four hours, they're, they're killing it. They're hunting, they're, they're doing their thing, but they're sleeping for up to 20 hours a day. That is what allows them to get energy, to find to be bigger fierce. and yeah. to be fierce in the king of the jungle. And there's such a stigma around it. Like I'll, I'll come, um, I'll have a long day and I'll know, oh crap. I still really have to crank out a lot of editing, a lot of podcasts. I will take a half hour nap at seven o'clock at night till seven 30, wake up because I know, I know myself, I'm going to be up till midnight. I know I'm going to be up till midnight. Right. I need that time to be there at, with high quality because the worst thing in the world is when you have, you're tired, exhausted, and still trying to push through because you increase and elongate your suffering because you're just not going to be able to do it with the high quality you want. So you stay on longer to get it to the higher quality when in reality, less right. is more relax, take a break and be honest with yourself. You know, don't, don't just like sleep away the day and like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you need to sleep I with a, a purpose. <laughs> yeah. You need, you need to sleep with purpose really. Um, and, and there's, there's a lot that 
it you know prohibits people from sleeping which is you know, coffee and alcohol and and all these other yeah. artificial methods but and it's all it's all connected if you have is, five yep. cups of coffee throughout the day you're probably not going to sleep well at night and a lot of people don't connect the two coffee is an obvious one but there's a lot of other things like you could have really carb heavy diet and like you're not going to sleep well or you're not going to sleep as much and i mean sleep Honestly, like you can do all of the things you can eat healthy, you can move, you can drink your water, you can meditate. If you're not sleeping, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Sleep is the time when your body repairs itself. Mm -hmm. And if your body is not repairing itself, it's in this constant state of stress. And it doesn't matter what you do. It will eventually burn out. And so, I mean, so many people are burnt out these days and yeah. it's just, we're constantly connected. Sleep is so important. And, and statistically, if you get less than seven hours of sleep, you're more likely to be obese and overweight. And it's because your body is literally repairing itself when it sleeps. Your brain yeah. is making memories. There's so many functions that happen when you are getting rim. And it is, it's so, it's so important. And so realizing that, if you go to bed really late, why are you going to bed late? Are you not tired? What did you do earlier in the day? How much coffee or caffeine did you have? What did you eat? Is your digestion off? Like, or are you just, I don't want to go to sleep because this is my me time. It How typically is that more me time. And that's a big one, especially for parents. That's a huge one. My husband does this. <laughs> he's like, I go to bed late and he's just scrolling on TikTok or Instagram. And I'm like, go to sleep. You need your yeah. sleep. And it's hard because it's, it's, you get home, you're, you're tired from work. You just want to shut your brain off. And, but realizing that like those things are not shutting your brain off. Like when we're watching TV and scrolling on social media, it's not shutting your brain off. It's actually activating your brain, which is going to further decrease your sleep. And so, yeah, sleep is a really big one that people really struggle with, but it is, getting yeah. less than seven hours, it does increase your chances of a lot of health issues, a lot of like overweight, obesity. And so it is really important to sleep. It is. And it's funny. I love sleep. <laughs> I, I love do to too. Sleep. I do too. It's just, it's, it's funny when you hear people like, oh, I don't get any sleep. I don't get any sleep. It's the equivalent of like somebody saying they're always on their phone, but they never charge it. It's like, so you just like operate with like no battery, you know, like zero <laughs> battery in your, you know, in your phone, you're still using it. It's like the same concept. It's uh, it's wild. And it's, it, it only increases your energy. And it's so, it's such a game changer because I know for a fact, like if um, you're at work or something, the people who sleep and the people who don't sleep, because the people who, you know, either stay up late and then get up early for work the next day, like they're, they're just going to be grouchy. They're going to be um, tired. And, and then the famous conversation of, I need my coffee. I need my coffee. I need my coffee. Right. And sorry, the the, Jer the Jersey accent really hit right there. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it did. It did come yeah. out. <laughs> that was like C-A-W-F-E. <laughs> no, it's My true. Bad. And it's, it's when we don't get our sleep, then we go for the third cup of coffee at three or four o'clock. And then you can't go to sleep because you just had a bunch of caffeine. And so it's just realizing, and like, there's so many energy drinks too, now that we don't realize have so much caffeine in them. Like the, the Celsius, like people love Celsius has like two and a half times a cup of coffee in it. So if you're having one of those in the afternoon, yeah. It's like actually worse than having a, just a cup of coffee. So it's, it, but, but just realizing too, that like 
when you wake up and you're really tired and going straight for a cup of coffee before you have anything to eat, it you're like quickly elevating your blood sugar, which then you're going to crash and then you're going to go for something sweet or something really carby, which is also going to increase your blood sugar and make you crash, which then you're going to have a snack. So then it's just really realizing that just starting your day with a cup of coffee before you have food affects how you sleep at night because you're going to eat differently than if you were to have a hearty breakfast and then a cup of coffee. And so just like kind of, and and a lot of people don't realize that. And again, it goes back to the how we all know what we should be doing, but it's how, and we can't figure it out in our life. Then the how is just confusing and we don't try anymore. And so it's, it's going back to like the beginning. It's ditch it all, (laughs) ditch all the rules, ditch everything you're doing right now and start figuring out what actually feels what, good? Yeah, what do you enjoy? What do you enjoy doing? What feels so good and like, important. Yeah, one of my favorite questions to to really start when I start working with clients is to get them to figure out what feels good. And so literally throughout their entire day for a week or two, I have them constantly asking, how does this make me feel? How does this make me feel? When you wake up in the morning, how do I feel? When you have your coffee, how does this make me feel? When I ha- you have your breakfast, how does this make me feel? When you have your lunch, when you move, when you work, when you're talking to a, a friend or a partner, everything. Because health is about so much more than just food and movement. It's about our relationships. It's about our career. Do we feel fulfilled? It's about our mental space. Are we clear? Are we being mindful? It's so much more than just what we consume and what we exert. And what are some tips that you would give to someone to like, um, like a, a functional tip? I know everything's tailored specifically, but I would say like from my perspective overall, I think what a lot of people are struggling with, which is what I've struggled with, especially in the past, I'm a lot better at it now because I'm more like aware and reflective, but it's, it's trying to do everything to the highest quality ever at all times so like you you go to work you want to do your absolute best at work then you go to the gym and you want that model style body and refuse to accept otherwise (laughs) and then you go home and then like everything is it has to be top notch but you're spread so entirely thin so entirely thin that the first two days three days of that you're getting stuff done but you're dying and then the next couple days after that things start to flake off and then those excuses come to play. Then you start to feel like a failure and then you finally have a day off or a second of rest. And then you restart the same plan basically. And it's over and over and over again. Then you have years of this and you have years of now the result is I've never reached that peak model body. B I'm still kind of unhappy where I am in my, um, my, my job, my, my business or so. And there's like this just general, I'd say, sense of unhappiness because I feel like we're so spread entirely thin rather than like kind of just putting all the chips in that are we're able to actually do that are actually reachable results rather than just like, on a, you know, on a Sunday night writing down what we want to do for the weekend. I mean, completely unattainable, I think, for, for the majority <laughs> of the things that we write down, you know, because we we want to strive so hard, but then our expectation is we're going to, if we don't hit that, we fail, right? Yep. Um, so it's like, well, how do we really d- draw up something that that's reachable, attainable, um, and something that I'm going to enjoy and actually have fun with? Because those are obviously like the most sustainable things. A hundred percent. 
I, I mean, honestly, I think it really starts with figuring out what feels good to you. Like when you do, when you ask yourself that question, and then when you figure out what is not feeling good to you, what is your biggest, like I have my clients create roadmaps, goal roadmaps. So if your goal is to lose weight, okay, let's figure out what in your day doesn't feel good to your body. Start there when you can figure that out. So ask yourself all day long, how does this make me feel? How does it make me feel? How does this make me feel? Then when you get to a point where you're like, you have this whole list of things that make me feel good and this whole list of things that, that don't feel bad. Yeah. You start there and then you create a goal roadmap. So you, what's your goal? Pick one thing, a single thing. I always say small changes create a big impact because it's a ripple effect. You can't do everything at the same time. And you can't, you can't, I am one of those people that that. try, I like to do a lot of things and, but you have to scale it back. You do one thing, you pick the most important thing. If that is losing weight, then what's more important. Do you want to start in your kitchen or do you want to start at the gym? What do you want to clear? Do you have anxiety? Do you want to clear your mental mind space? Like what is most important to you? And then when you have your goal, you write your goal down and then you break it down into tiny steps and you start with one of those steps. Because if you say you want to lose weight, there are a ton of ways to do that. You could be moving more. You could go to the gym. You could be doing cardio. You could be doing lifting weights. You could do yoga. You could find a trainer. You could buy new running shoes. You can like find a home workout. There's a million things you could do for working out in the kitchen. You could eat more greens. You could drink more water. You could decrease the calories that you're drinking. You can like, there's a ton of things. So start with the big goal you want and then just break it down into a chart of small steps. And then when you get a small step, break it down even smaller and then even smaller and then even smaller until you literally get to the point where you're like, okay, my goal is to lose weight. I'm going to do it by moving more. Today, I'm going to buy a new pair of sneakers. That's it. And then you buy a new pair of sneakers. <laughs> and that's what you do today. And then tomorrow, maybe you put them on. And then the next day, maybe you walk in them, walk out the door. And so it's really, and yes, it feels slower that way, but it's not. It's actually much faster. Yeah, because you're actually, you, you are actually quit. going forward. Yeah. You're going forward and you're taking small steps so that each step is, it's attainable it's manageable and you can be successful at it. So you, one, you don't feel like failure. Two, it's very simple to do. And three, it's realistic and it's sustainable. And when you can do one thing at a time and then you build on that one thing, you are so much more likely not to quit. And you're so much more likely to, along the way, realize how it's making you feel. And if at one point you're like, this this isn't making me feel good, you pivot and you go to the next small step. And if that's making you feel good, you build on that. And so it's really important to not try to do it all at one time because then you're actually going slower and you're going backwards because you will quit at some point because it's not realistic. It's not attainable. It's not manageable. And so when you're taking these really small steps that you know feel good to you, which is why the basis is always what feels good to you, then you will move forward you can count on moving forward. And I honestly, the big, the biggest thing is feeling successful because if you feel like a failure, you don't want to do it. Who wants to do something? You're like, I know I'm going to fail at this. And then you quit. And we've all been there. We've all been there a bunch of times, especially you try to restart. You try to restart. You try to do something else. You try to do it again. Cause maybe it did work when you were like in college 
And that's just not the case anymore. And so you have to find what works for you now in this season of life. And when you break it down really small and you take these tiny, tiny steps, it's sustainable. And like, that's really how you create habits that feel good to you, that are realistic for your life, that you can sustain over the long haul. And when they don't feel good, you do the same thing and you pivot. Yeah, it's so good. I, that's where I would start. <laughs> okay, that's where you start the the roadmap theory, basically. I love the roadmap. Uh, I love what you were talking about before too, with how why you do what you do and how you're able to sustain it. You said you feel, you know, motivated by being like the the example, and that is such a perfect way to say it. And I'd love to break down the the really the difference between like motivation and and purposeful because i'm so i love things that are make me feel purposeful and i've learned like the difference with motivation motivation is like a cup of coffee where that just it it hits you like when you listen to a really great motivational song or something but then when that song dies the motivation tends to go quickly too so those feelings of like purposeful like how you feel purposeful when uh, you know being a good example though that is the most sustainable way of making a change and and keeping it because the motivation i feel like people like like they feel so motivated they're going to hit the gym and then they get to the gym and like that motivation has has decreased when if you had right. that purpose when you went to the gym that is going to stay there even through the rough times the times where you feel um down so it's like well where can I put those chips almost at like a, uh, like a poker table or something? Where can I put them over feeling purposeful? What do yeah. I feel purposeful in doing? Is there like some sort of higher moral sense that you're doing this, Vaughn? Is there something that you're trying to achieve or something? Because I found that those even like like health and exercise are a big thing. But like people who... um like people who go to work and, and maybe not a job that they like to do, but they feel purposeful because they're providing, you know, like that's, that's something that keeps people there. Absolutely. I think that motivation and willpower go hand in hand. And if you rely on them, you will fail Yeah, without a doubt because they waver, they come and go. You, no one's motivated all the time. I actually don't have a great willpower. Yeah, I yeah. rely on, the practices that I've built, the routines that I've built, the habits that I've built that I know feel good to me. And 90% of the time, that's what I do. And so when you're really, when you're like, okay, I'm just gonna, I mean, I hear this all the time. I want to get healthy, but after vacation or yeah, in the it's new the, year, uh, tomorrow. or on Monday, <laughs> <laughs> I want to go through the weekend and drink yeah. my margaritas and eat the pizza. And then on Monday, I'll get healthy and go to the gym. If you have that mindset, it will not work for you. You will not ever reach your goal until you change your mindset. It really starts in the mind. And so I love to say like, create a mindfulness practice. It doesn't have to be meditation. It doesn't have to mean you're like, oming on a meditation pillow. Create a mindfulness practice where you clear your headspace because that's going to help you figure out what feels good. It's gonna help you create your next small step and it's gonna help you create a plan for the future. But if we rely on when the waves of motivation come and exactly what you said, you could feel motivated to go to the gym. And then when you get there, you're like, don't really want to do anything. I'm going to yeah. leave. <laughs> and it's gone. It can come in a flash. And so if you can really start to figure out, I think the basis of it all is figuring out what feels good to you and why you want to do it. And I mean, exactly like have that purpose. Why do you want to lose weight? 
Do you want to lose weight because you want to feel good now? Do you want to lose weight because you want to feel good in five years? And that's the thing is when we keep stalling, we're just shortening our life in the long term. Really, at the end of the day, is we when we choose to eat healthy, when we choose to move more, when we choose to sleep, we're extending our life. And what you do now has a huge impact on what your health is going to be like in 20 years, not just right now, not just tomorrow, not just next week after your vacation in 20 years. And I think that's even more powerful if you have kids, because for me, I'm like, I want to be around when my daughters get married. I want to be around to have grandkids. I want to see them grow. And that's not going to happen if I'm not taking care of myself now. Yeah. And to anybody feeling that they need some purpose right now too, I will be the one to let a fire on all of us right now, because the average life expectancy in the U.S. is a little bit more than 77 years old. So round up to 78, that means if you are 39 years old, you are middle-aged in the United States. It's sadly. So scary. It's, sadly, yeah, we all think middle age is 50. Guess what? No one lives to 100, very rarely. And if you do, guess what? You're 100. You know, it's, it's, it's not a, a, high, a high quality of life. It, it, really, it really is. You're still around, yes, and, and that's amazing and awesome, but... Middle age is not 50. Middle age is 39, which means if you are 39 or approaching 39 or in your 30s, you are you have lived half of your life already. And the first 18 years of your life, you've spent in school learning about how to live life. So you've actually only lived about 20 years and you have only have half your life left. So to people needing purpose right now, hopefully that drives some purpose because you only have so much time around and you don't want to spend it, you know, procrastinating, scrolling on the phone in the morning, scrolling on the phone at night, not enjoying life. Like you said, what is things that, what, what, what feels good? You know, those are really questions we should start asking ourselves because you'll start asking them like towards the, as you get closer towards that life expectancy, which the earlier you start, that's most ideal. So I'd love to just kind of leave, leave, Listeners like that, if, if that doesn't drive motivation, guys, I um, I think about that a lot because it really puts things into perspective in a, in a worldly sense. And most countries are way below the United States on that number, too. So we are the biggest lucky ones, the most lucky ones on this planet because we have the the longevity there. So, I, um, Lindsay, thank you so much for, for coming on. You are amazing i want to let everyone know too where where people can find you yeah absolutely i hang out a lot on instagram my my handle is lindsay kazuba health also on tiktok same handle and my website's lindsaykazubahealth.com awesome short and sweet i love that Uh, thank (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for coming hopefully we can link up down the road and and talk health again and see how people are doing kind of post post COVID. I guess we're post COVID now, then we could speak again, maybe in a little bit about how people are doing. Sounds great. Yes. I hope this was, I hope this was helpful. And if anyone has any other questions or needs support, feel free to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll see you down the road, Lindsay. Thank you so much, Daniel. 